Christmas parties and social gatherings that don't even mention Christ. One of the biggest campaigns around Christmas times is this, drink responsibly. Because the gathering is not about going and to be able to reflect upon the season and the time is called Christmas party, but it's not about Christmas, it's about the party. The party is it. I, I'm going to turn it up. And Christ is typically nowhere inside of that Christmas. Pastor Martin tells us how we can truly seek Christ during Christmas. Turn to Matthew 2, verses 1 through 2, and verses 8 through 12. Now, let's listen as Pastor Martin explains. Christmas time is a wonderful time. One of the songs that I enjoy, uh, it's, it's a wonderful time, the most wonderful time of the year. So we have lights and the splendor of this season. We find that it's a time that's titled the season of giving in which there are so many things that happen around this season that are intended to bring joy. So as we go and we uh, travel down the roadways, we'll see houses decked with lights. We see out in the, the hedges and the shrubs out front that are circled with lights and the lights are flashing and the splendor and the beauty of all of those things. One of the things I enjoy watching or, or taking a look at are the wreaths that are on the doors because there's so many different kinds and sometimes there are those who get very creative with the wreath that they put on their front door. And the splendidness of this time with all of its decorations, there's always one prominent thing, the Christmas tree at the heart of all of that, that oftentimes are uh, very prominently displayed in the window. As you drive by big picture windows, you can see the Christmas tree decked out. One of our stewards here, actually, uh, Sister Sherita Howard, I tell you, you might want to swing by her house and, and she might charge you admission to come in and check her tree out because I'm not counting, but I'm guessing she's probably got on, on an eight or nine foot tree, maybe a thousand different ornaments or decoration it is absolutely splendid and beautiful. But this time of year, that is what we see. We all, we see the beauty and the splendor of all the things that are happening around this time. But with all the things that I've described, oftentimes it's very difficult to see the Christ of whom Christmas has been named. Even though we may see uh, scattered around in the front lawns at times, we may see some of the uh, nativity scenes here and there, but oftentimes the exhilaration of the decorations upon our senses takes center stage and the excitement that we see and experience begins to be the focal point. But the truth of the matter is that, that the beauty of Christmas is not just found in the flashing lights and the beautiful trees, but is in the beautiful story, the truth of who Christ Jesus is. And we can experience that beauty when we have an acute sense of what that message is and why the season is important. Because Jesus came to all, he came to offer this free gift that his father had provided for mankind. 
Now, today, to help me with this sermon, I must introduce you to a character. This character's name is Harold Grumpleton. Now, Harold is a middle-aged man who has lost his joy for Christmas. He's concluded that Christmas is simply a trumped-up holiday intended to just cause you to spend your money. Now, here's the thing. Harold is actually married to the beautiful, formerly joyous E. Mary, who she absolutely loves Christmas, the decorations, the songs. She just, it's her best time of the year. She comes alive during Christmas time. Now, here's the thing. Although Harold grew up going to church and he occasionally will attend with his wife and children, he absolutely feels that Christmas has become so commercialized that it's not even worth acknowledging. And it doesn't help that his childhood companion, Checkers, also died on Christmas some years ago. Well, join Harold, it's Christmas Eve, and his wife and children are preparing to head out for the Christmas Eve service at church. But Harold is choosing not to participate. Are you going to join us? Now, you know that Christmas is just a trumped-up holiday designed to spend all my money and everyone else's. So, no, thank you. Oh, Mr. Grumbleton. Children! Oh, yes. Get your coats on. We're going to the Christmas Eve service. Yes. Are you sure you don't want to come? No. Not at all. Oh, well, give your father a little children. Bye. Say goodbye. Okay. Enjoy, son. Okay. Enjoy. We'll see you later. So we'll pick Harold back up later because one of the things that I want to share today is it is important for us to actually see Christ during Christmas. 
I've already shared some of the things that potentially could be distracting or could hinder us from seeing who Christ is or seeing Christ in Christmas. Which leads me to my very first point. One of the things that hinders us from seeing Christ at Christmas is self-interest. Our own self-interest. When we look back at the text, here in Matthew chapter 2, let's look at verses 1 and 2. Because here we see, and granted, Herod is the main character here. And the reality is that he is definitely an extreme case, and I'll explain why. But here we have Herod, and Herod, King Herod, here in verse number one, here's what happens. As the wise men come in and they say, we've come because we follow the star of the one who has been born king of the Jews. Now, that's not good news to Herod. Because he is the king of the Jews. Now, understand that he's, he's what's called a vassal king. The emperor, Jew, Caesar Augustus, is actually the king over the kingdom. However, they had what was called client kings and, or vassal kings that they would allow for that particular king as long as that person could have the title of king as long as they maintain their homage and their allegiance to Caesar. So now here they come and his title is king of the Jews. And they say, we've come because the king of the Jews has just been born. His own self-interest prohibited him from seeing Christ. Because something we need to know about Herod, Herod was actually obsessed with who might come and take his position. So even though what had been foretold was happening because his own self-preservation or his own self-interest, he couldn't see Christ. Here's the thing. In modern times, we struggle with the same issue because our own self-interest sometimes gets in the way because we get excited about Black Friday. I got to get me a sale. I got to get a discount. I, I want to get one of those. I have to get this gift. I need to save me some money. We also have this dilemma of whether we as Christians will just lump Christmas in with all the other things that are going on and simply say, happy holidays versus Merry Christmas. Because ultimately what that does is there's no setting apart Christmas from all the other things that happen during this season. Here's another one. Gift giving for notoriety and acknowledgement. One challenge I struggle with is when someone decides to buy toys for tots and buy coats for children 
and they call all the news outlets to make sure they're there. Oh, we just we just wanted to to to, to, to be a blessing to children today. We wanted to give them the gift. We wanted to we just want the little, little Johnny to have have this gift, but we want you to take a picture while we're doing it. We oftentimes give the gift. One of the one. Of, I don't know if you will have uh, were a fan of that sitcom, The Office. But one scene, one particular episode around Christmas, Michael. If you've watched the episode, you know the 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 the, the manager of the office was very quirky, and he was always drumming up these ideas. And so they had determined that they were going to do a gift exchange, and that the maximum was like fifteen or twenty dollars. So what he decided, for some reason, thinking that if he went out and bought a $300 iPad, he would get an equally good gift. (laughs) So as the gift comes out, and then he opens his gift, and one of his coworkers has knitted him a pot holder or or one of those uh, protectors for your hand as you grab a pot. And he's disgusted. So then ultimately, the whole process is disrupted because he was thinking that it would be exciting for people to see that he went all out for a $300 gift. So oftentimes, gift giving to be notarized or to be acknowledged. Here's another one. Christmas parties and social gatherings that don't even mention Christ. One of the biggest campaigns around Christmas times is this. Drink responsibly. Because the gathering is not about going and to be able to reflect upon the season and the time. It's called Christmas party, but it's not about Christmas. It's about the party. The party is it. I'm going to turn it up. And yet not much is about Christmas. So you can see how even today, as we see Herod, we use him as an example. We can see even today that oftentimes there are other things that that factor in around this season that hinder us from truly focusing in on the season. I'll ask you a question. How would you feel if the people you know, they were going to have a party, they planned a big party in your, in your stead? And you show up, Sister Janet, but your name is not on the banner. Your name's not on the balloons or any of the decorations. You go over and look at the cake and your face is not on the cake. 
what kind of birthday celebration would that be? It would be because you'd tear it up. You'd blow the house up. I'm going to blow the scene up. Ain't no way. Forget this cake. All this stuff. Who is this for? Why? Because there's no evidence of whom they're celebrating. But that leads me to my next point. When it comes to Jesus at Christmas, if you're looking for him, you'll find him. Let's go back to the text. Look at verse number 9 and 10. Because here we see, when they heard the king, the wise men, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the child was. They had traveled all this way to find him, and the star was there to guide them to make sure if, because they came looking for Jesus, he was to be found because they were looking for him. Verse 10 said, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. Here's how Jeremiah puts it in Jeremiah 29 and verse 13, speaking on behalf of God. He says, and you shall seek me and find me when you search for me. See, if we are going to find Christ in Christmas, we've got to be intentional about looking for him. Certainly. I don't want you to stop buying your gifts. You don't have to stop being a blessing to your family. But here's the thing. Make sure as you go, you recognize Christ. That you see him in this season. Because I promise you this, that if you look for him in this season, you're going to find him. You search for him. He says, if you search for me with all your heart, you certainly find me. If you're looking for him, you'll see him. Here's something to note. When they found him, they worshiped him. See, because what I'm saying here is that those who know Christ Jesus, who know the rest of the story of Christmas, understand that he is worthy of worship and praise. Here, look at verse number two. We see in verse 2, Matthew 2 and 2, it says, Say, we, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Watch what happens in verse 11a. And when they came into the house and they saw him, what did they do? They worshiped. They said, we've come. We came looking to worship. And when we found him, when they finally got to where he was, they worshiped. Because this ought to be for the church and the body of Christ. This ought to be one of the most worshipful times of the year. That when we see the calendar drawing near to December the 25th, we should begin to think of he's worthy. He's worthy of my worship and my praise. Because here is one of the things that we have that challenges us. During the season, as we hear various different things happening, we have to be intentional 
personally and collectively to see Christ. To experience his love. Be intentional about having a moment with him. Coming into that place of worship. Because around this time, things that we should do should reflect that. Things that we sing should be evidence of that. I want to share some ways we can see Christ at Christmas. One of the ways that we are able or one of the opportunities we have to see Christ at Christmas is through song. Because it's already been quoted earlier, but in Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, after the angel makes a declaration to the shepherds, heaven started singing. Here's what it says. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to all men. But let me tell you, music can be one of our biggest distractions. Let me share some details with you. One of the major news outlets had an article, and the title of the article was The Top 10 Christmas Songs for 2020. Now, we all know it's been well documented. 2020 was a rough season, right? A rough year. There has been picked fun at it. Hey, let's get rid of 2020, all of those things. In a time where hope was needed, Let me give you the top 10. The number one song of 2020 at Christmas time was All I Want for Christmas is You. (laughs) Mariah Carey. Number two was Last Christmas by Wham. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day you... But this Christmas, I'm going to give it to somebody else. <laughs> Number three, Santa, tell me, Ariana Grande. Number four, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Michael Buble. Here's one more. Number six. Jingle Bell Rock, Bobby Bobby Helms. Number seven, it's the most wonderful time of the year, Andy Williams. Number eight, Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Number nine, Under the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. And number 10, rounding out the top 10 was 
Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Dean Martin. Do you see how music could be a great mean? We just engaged in a time of worship where we all lifted our voices in song, adoring Christ the Lord. And yet last year and likely this year, the top 10 streamed songs of the season. Top 10 most streamed songs of the year. None of which gives any clear indication of whom Christmas is about. Here's another one. Here's another thing, uh, another object we could use to see Christ at Christmas. And this is one of my favorite, the lights. The beautiful splendor of the lights. Because here's the thing, John chapter one, verses four and five says of Jesus that in him was life and the life was the light of men. So when I look at the lights, I'm reminded of the light who brought life to men. And he says in verse five, and that light, Jesus Christ, that light shines in the darkness but the darkness did not comprehend it. That during this time of year, when we're talking about the lights and we have all, we have millions and millions of reminders of light, we still don't see that the light is the reason for the season. Here's one more. Because it is the most synonymous item attached to this season, the wonderful Christmas tree. And here's, here's how Peter and the apostles described Jesus' death to those who they were trying to help understand what they had done in crucifying him in Acts chapter Five, verse 29 through 30. Here's what they say. But Peter and the apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered. Here it is. And hung on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness for all sin. So ultimately, if we're looking carefully, every time we see a Christmas tree, we'll remember that our Lord and Savior died on a tree. But wait a minute. There's another deeper meaning. Notice that the Christmas lights hang on a tree. That the light, the light of men, they hung on a tree. So every time I see light strung around a tree, I remember that the light was hung on a tree. See, I can see Christ in Christmas if I, if I look for him. 
Here's another one because every Christmas tree, you, we, get dis, we get disoriented and, and, and upset and broke down if we can't put any gifts under the tree. But here's the reality. If we look at it carefully, we understand that God's gift came through Christ Jesus. For John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That, but wait a second. Gifts are associated with the tree. We feel like the gift is not a full gift unless it spends some time hanging under the tree. So here's the reality. The gift of eternal life came because the light hung on a tree and thus we have gifts because of that. So if we look for Christ, we'll see him at Christmas because even in the wrapping paper, beauty and the splendor of the gifting. We're reminded that God's gift came to us by way of the light hanging on a tree. And we have the gift of eternal life. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.